Welcome to Soulways. I'm your host, Carl Magruder, and for the last 11 years, I've been working and studying spiritual care in the face of serious illness within our healthcare system. This podcast is my attempt to give away some of the knowledge and perhaps even wisdom that I've learned from oh so many teachers. In this first episode of Soulways, we're going to talk about some grief terms and learn a little bit about grief to demystify it a little bit. In the second episode, you will get some practical tips and tricks for how to accompany those who are grieving in their grief process. The first thing to understand is that American culture, the dominant culture, is a thanophobic and a grief-phobic culture. Thanatos is the Greek word for things that pertain to death and dying. So we're a death-phobic and a grief-phobic society. It was a revelation to me when I was first beginning to accompany people in deep grief to realize that not only is grief uncomfortable and awkward and difficult for us, but that it's actually a little bit shameful in American culture. And people apologize to me for their grief. Their mother might have died and they'll say, she was sick for a long time. I I shouldn't be feeling this way. We knew it was coming. We can know all kinds of things in the knowing parts of our brains. And it doesn't change the way that we feel when someone we love is lost. It used to be that the metaphor for grief was kind of like the process of breaking a bone and having it heal and be strong as it ever was and to function pretty much the way it ever had. But now we understand that profound grief shatters us and we come apart in a million pieces and we do come back together. And if we're able to grieve consciously and mindfully, we can come back together in a more complex and a more robust structure that has more tolerance for grief, more tolerance for pain in ourselves and others, and finds the gratitudes, the joys, the jewels that are hidden within. There are a few simple terms that are useful to understand. The first is bereaved, and bereaved means the person who's lost someone. Grief is another useful term, and it refers to the feeling that we experience. Grieving is the act of expressing that grief, and if we're parsing, that's a more private expression of grief. So I might have my own grief journal, um, or I might go under the subway tracks and scream our own personal grieving. And then mourning is a little more of a public kind of a grieving. So those are some terms, bereaved, grief, grieving, and mourning, just so we can distinguish a little bit in what we're talking about. Now, there are five kinds of loss, and we can't get into all of this because we're trying to keep our episodes to a length that a person could digest relatively easily, maybe on a short car trip, or that they might want to invite a family member to listen with them. So I'm not going to get into all five of these in depth, but it's important to understand them. And the first of these types of grief that we overlook very often is called necessary or inevitable losses. And these are the necessary and inevitable losses that are actually a natural and positive part of your life. So, for instance, when someone cries at a wedding or at a graduation, 
those are celebrations where something has been a part of a progression. We were anticipating that, you know, um, that Johnny would go off to college, but we're sad when we see Johnny getting onto the airplane to go off to college. We're, we think about his childhood and, and is he going to be okay out there? And he's not going to come and tell us the funny thing that happened. And so there's sadness in the midst of that. And this is important because we overlook it and it creates trouble. And it creates trouble, for instance, when people are married. They need to not just have a silly party where they drink too much and put funny hats on their heads and get goofy presents, but to really think about and appreciate the life that they're leaving behind, to grieve it. And this is also true when we have children. We're so excited about the new life and the magic of that human person coming across the threshold into this living realm, but we're losing something. And if we don't acknowledge that, it can go sideways on us and we can end up with resentments and not properly grieving. So those are necessary losses. Actual losses when we actually lose things. So that's, um, that's, that includes people and it includes objects too. You might feel really sad when your camera that you learned photography on really finally dies and the old camera restorer person in your town says, you know, it's just shot. I once did a, a little ceremony, a little funeral, if you will, for a man's leg that had to be amputated below the knee because of necrosis caused by diabetes. And we celebrated that leg and how he'd been a fullback in high school and he won dance contests with his first wife. And we really celebrated that leg and we sent it off. And I think it helped him to feel more complete even when he was missing that limb. A third loss is perceived loss. And this is a really kind of a complicated one. Perceived loss is when you lose the potential to have had something. So telling my own story, which is a story I have the right to tell, there was some unsettled business between myself and my mother when she died. And so I had to grieve the loss of the resolution or the conversation or whatever it was I imagined might happen, the potential that won't happen now. And so that's a, that's a kind of loss that, again, if we don't recognize it, it can go under, underground. We have maturational loss. Those are just sort of the normal things that happen with our getting older. I mentioned children going off to college. Um, so we have maturational loss. Um, and sometimes it's very intense, like a 90-year-old person I work with who had a great deal of maturational sorrow around the fact that she couldn't play tennis anymore. We did manage to reframe that so she could celebrate that she'd been able to play competitive tennis until she was 90. But when she couldn't play anymore, it was a great loss. And then there is situational loss. And that is loss that occurs from a really unpredictable life event, such as maybe some folks in Texas are experiencing right now after the really devastating storms and power outages. But those are the losses that come from things like divorce, loss of a job, loss of an identity. If you've always thought of yourself as a surgeon and you develop some sort of debilitating physical illness and you can't be a surgeon anymore, there's a real loss in that. So those are some kinds of loss. And I, I don't believe in labeling things and putting everything into a neat box, but because loss becomes a big amorphous blob, I think it's useful for us to think about it in different categories. What kind of loss am I experiencing? And what kind of loss am I overlooking?
Now, there's an important note to make here about grief. I said that I do not like to use the term pathological grief, but that is a thing, and more common is complicated grief. So one of the ironies of grief is that if you had a person in your life that loved you unconditionally, you had similar worldviews, you got along, you understood each other, and it was just a beautiful love fest where you could bring your entire self and they die, there's an intense grief that's almost a sweet kind of a grief. There's a grief blessing that I sometimes give. May you know loss so profound that the pain of it becomes a joy. To know that you loved someone so profoundly that you could experience such a pain when they were taken away from you. But ironically, the parent that you always loved and who loved you, but you were two alike, and they wanted you to be someone you weren't. And in your adolescent years, they were working all the time to provide for the family, and they really were absent. Or you always felt that as their child, you didn't matter as much as their work did. Or they were lost in an addiction, their alcoholism or some other addiction. And that created a a trouble in your relationship. Grieving that loss is more complicated and more difficult. And this is also true depending on how people die. You can easily understand that someone dying of suicide or homicide is different because of the, the harm, the intentional harm that's involved, even compared to someone dying of cancer or similar Another form of complicated grief comes with neurological disorders which are long in their trajectory, such as multiple sclerosis, Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, or Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, where the decline is so protracted and we lose bits of our person and they lose bits of themselves or their ability all along the way. And meanwhile, we feel we need to keep it together because we need to be contributing to their well-being. And that grief can get complicated with what we call anticipatory grief before someone's actually lost and when they actually do die. So that can cause a kind of a a complicated grief. And it's good for that kind of grief to be attended to, maybe with the help of a counselor or a grief group, so that we aren't just relying on our own compass to navigate a landscape which may have all kinds of things in it that we're not really as consciously aware of as we might be if we were working with others. And lastly, I want to talk about trauma-informed grief. If you have had trauma in your life, and trauma is defined as harm or a threat of harm that we were powerless to do anything about. That's our working definition. So if you've experienced trauma in your life, and there's an aspect of someone's dying that is traumatic, it's sudden, for instance, uh, or unexpected, then it can trigger your trauma response. And that is a time when you really do want to encourage someone to seek professional accompaniment in their grief, because the trauma can really impede the grief process that can happen. I want to thank you for spending this time with us to talk about the difficult subject of grief. Next week, we will get into our tips and tricks for how to accompany people in a deep grief process. Meanwhile, if you have questions or comments, 
please send them to soulwaysconversations at gmail.com. If this includes a audio voice memo, we may play it on the podcast. That is soulwaysconversations at gmail.com. Until then, may you be both blessed and blessing. Soulways is a production of Civic Light Projects. Our episode was produced by Carl Magruder and Marta Russick. Wind chimes sound effects created by Jonathan Shaw, and our theme was created by Carl Magruder. This episode of Soulways is sponsored by Friends General Conference. For over 120 years, FGC has nurtured the spiritual lives of friends through programs like the annual FGC Gathering, the Ministry on Racism Program, the Spiritual Deepening Program, Quaker Books, and much more. To learn more, visit fgcquaker.org. That's fgcquaker.org.